Or good evening. Welcome to our Wednesday night Bible class. Appreciate the ones here in person and the ones that are watching online. I appreciate your presence. Uh, during September and October, the elders are presenting classes on guiding principles for the church here at McDermott Road. And uh, this is the second class, and my, my topic is honoring the Bible as the Word of God, uh, which to me is an extremely important topic. And so I, I'm very pleased to be able to present this tonight. But let's, uh, first, let's just, let's go to God in prayer. Righteous Father, we thank you for a beautiful day that's been ours to enjoy and for all the blessings you give us, the spiritual and the physical blessings. We know that they all come from you. We thank you for this opportunity to be here tonight to study from uh, your word and talk about the Bible. And we're so thankful, Father, that you've given it, given it to us to live our lives after. Help us always, Father, to, to be faithful to you and, and to your word and to always be good examples to others. Forgive us when we sin against you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. When you talk about books, if you go to a library or a bookstore, of course, you're going to find all kinds of books on tables and uh, shelves. A lot of those books are what we might call how-to books. You know, how to raise a good garden, how to uh, cook certain kinds of foods, how to work on your car, how to plan for retirement or, or investments and, and things of this nature. And of course, all of those books certainly have some advantage and, and can, be, can be useful. But we really need a how-to book of another kind that's really more important than any book written by any man or any woman. A book that will guide us through life, that tells us what life is all about, that tells us why we're alive, that tells us how we ought to treat people, that talks about, you know, suffering and death and explains what, what life there is going to be after a physical death. And obviously this how-to book that I'm talking about is, is the Bible because I think it does all of this and, and more. <clears throat> now, to start with, consider this question. What would your life be like without the Bible? What would society in general be like if we didn't have the Bible? You know, some, some questions that come to my mind is, that, well, how would we know about God and Christ and the Holy Spirit? How would we know about prayer? What, what's the purpose of prayer? How, how should we pray? How would we know what, how to worship? How would we know how to treat people if we didn't have the Bible? The Bible is important, of course, for those reasons and for, for many others. The Bible presents the one God, of course, Yahweh, as the creator and the sustainer of the whole universe. And the Bible calls upon people to worship this creator alone. 
From the beginning to end, the Bible says that God is sovereign, that He is in control of all things. He rules over all created things. The Bible is important because it clearly teaches the love that God has for mankind and describes just how far God is willing to go to bring people back into a good relationship to Him whenever they stray away from God because we know that happened many times, especially in the Old Testament. The Bible teaches us that God is not only a God who is loving and merciful, but He is also a God who is just and who is righteous and who will deliver wrath or punishment upon those that are disobedient to Him. Throughout the Bible, you know, we are assured that God always does what He says He's going to do. He, God won't lie, and He'll always fulfill whatever He promises. I know you are aware that over, over the years, a number of studies have been done to ask people what they really think about the Bible. Uh, here, here is one study that was asked a number of years ago among a bunch of leaders and preachers and, and members of different religious bodies, I'm sure. And they were asked this. The Scriptures are the inspired and completely accurate Word of God, not only in matters of faith, but also in historical, geographical, and other secular matters. If I tell you that considerably less than half of those that were asked that agreed with that statement, you probably wouldn't be real surprised. And my guess is that if, if that question was asked the same to a number of people today, the percentage would be even lower than what it was back then. But let me assure you that speaking for myself, and I'm confident in speaking for the other ten elders, that we would agree 100% with that statement. We believe the Bible is inspired, infallible, authoritative word of God. It came from God, and we need to follow it. It's inspired by God. There's not any error in it. It's a complete revelation of God's will for the salvation of mankind. So that means it's the, the divine and final authority when it comes to matters of living a, a Christian life and, and exhibiting the Christian faith. We're all familiar with 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 where it says that all Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for a number of things. The Bible bears the marks of being authentic. I submit to you that the, that the Bible is either absolute in its accuracy or it's, it's obsolete, one or the other. The Word of God is either our absolute standard of authority or it's just an old, outdated book that needs to be disregarded and not paid any attention to. Our vision as elders here at McDermott Road is for all, all of us, 
us, ourselves, and you as members, that we are, that our lives are centered around Christ. We're led by the Holy Spirit. That we believe in the Bible and that we work together to save ourselves spiritually and to, to uh, save others, to spread the gospel, to reach the lost. We want this congregation to be known as people of the word, people of the book. We need to know the Bible. We need to know what it says. If we really believe in the Bible, then we need to know what it says. We need to be enthusiastic about God's work and about uh, worshiping God. We need, to, we need to be the kind of people that you can read about in the Scriptures that Christians here at McDermott Road are, are different people, different from the world, because, different because they're striving to be like Christ and to be following His Word. I want to read 1 John 1, verses 1 through 4. What, what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life, and the life was manifested, and we have seen and, and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and was manifested to us. What we have seen and heard, we proclaim to you also, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father, with His Son, Jesus Christ. These things we write so that our joy may be made complete. To me, this passage makes it plain that the evidence of the Bible is not hearsay. There were men who lived upon this earth at the time of Christ, and as the writer here said, they saw, they heard, and they touched Jesus Christ Himself. Their testimony is, is acceptable. They were with Jesus for three years or so, so they had knowledge of Jesus. They had knowledge of His teaching. From the standpoint of honesty and truth, it's good for them because they didn't, they didn't receive any temporal or physical gain to give testimony about Jesus. Think about what they had to give up. They had to give up a lot of conveniences of home, family, friends, easy life, and accept what? Hard work, persecution, and death. And so we ask, would they die if they knew what they were talking about was a lie? I don't think so. We all know the Bible is a book of books. 66 total, 39 in the old, 27 in the new, written by about 40 different writers over a period of about 1,600 years. We know these men were, of course, didn't all live at the same time. They lived at different periods of time. Uh, they had different occupations. They lived under different governments. They lived in different geographical areas, under different customs and things of this nature. They wrote independently of each other, guided by the Spirit, yet all of these books 
combined together in one volume, these 66 books, bound together into one, the Bible, and all of these books are in harmony and continuity of thought from beginning to end, from Genesis to Revelation. If that is true, and I think it is, then that could not have happened accidentally or by chance. It had to be superhuman. It had to be divine. It had to be the work of God himself. In 2 Peter 1, verses 20 and 21, Peter tells us that the written word did not originate in the minds of, of these men that wrote. He said scripture is not, the pro is not the product of our own imagination, of our own thinking. It came from God. In Galatians uh, 11 and 12, Paul had this to say, For I would have you know, brethren, that the gospel which was preached to me is not according to man, for I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it, but I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. So when these men wrote, they were directed by God. They were directed by the Spirit of God. The Bible tells us that Jesus has all authority when it comes to religion. In Matthew 17, the first few verses, after the appearance on the Mount of Transfiguration, God said of Jesus that, This is my beloved Son, of whom I am what? I am well pleased. And then he said, Do what? Listen to him. He has the authority. We know that all things have been placed under the feet of Jesus, that he is the head of the church. He is head over all things to the church. He's the head of the body, the church, so that he might come to have first place in everything, according to the way it's written in one version. He has preeminence in all things. In Matthew 28, 18, Jesus said, how much authority had been given to him in heaven and earth? All authority had been given unto him. I submit that Christianity is the religion of biblical authority. If we reject the inspiration of the Bible, we, we reject Christianity. And if we reject Christianity, who are we rejecting? Christ and God himself. To reject Christ is to reject the only hope of salvation that mankind has. If you read a lot of different verses in the book of John, it talks about the authority of the Word of God, the Bible. God, of course, gave the Word to Jesus. Jesus gave the Word to his apostles, and Jesus taught himself. Jesus sent apostles in the world to preach the word. Belief in God comes through the word of God, through the Bible. The word of God is sufficient. We, we don't have to add to the word of God. We've been given everything that we need to know. There are a lot of questions we can ask that we'd like to know the answers to, but God didn't really think we had to have those answers in order to follow him and to be saved. 
The last two verses of John chapter 20 says that many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written for what reason? That you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name. 2 Peter 1.3 says that we've been granted everything pertaining to life and godliness. Now, I know many people today claim that they are inspired of God or they claim they've been given something else in addition to the Word of God. But, you know, that, that's really not the case. Uh, they, they haven't been, been given that. Many today call Jesus Lord and they profess to follow him, but at the same time, they don't really like all the rules and commandments that are given in the Bible. I think the Bible makes it plain from this point that, he, that God wants complete commitment on the part of believers. A co complete commitment, full commitment to be a follower of Jesus. God demands our obedience to His Word to be absolute, I think, in at least three areas. Our place to question God's commandments. He's God, we're human. Secondly, our loyalty to Him must be above all other loyalties, among, above all other thing, place, person, whatever. As the men said in Acts 5.29, we ought to obey God rather than men. And then thirdly, God should govern every area of our lives. We might, we might like to be able to determine you know, certain things that we believe and we don't believe, but if we're committed to God, we can't do that. We can't choose which instructions we're going to keep and which ones we're going to discard and not pay any attention to if we're going to be real Bible believers. The Bible applies to us how often? Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. No matter where we are or what we're doing, the Bible still applies to us. God says through His Word that He wants His followers, He wants people to respect His Word. In 1 Peter 4 and verse 11, it says that whoever speaks should speak as the utterances of God or as the oracles of God so that God can be glorified. In 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 6, we admonish not to go beyond the written Word of God. It says that you might learn not to exceed what is written. That means I can't, I can't add to what God has already written. That, that would be exceeding it. <clears throat> Second John 9, anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teachings of Christ does not have God. Galatians 1, again, speaking the words of, uh, <coughs> of uh, Paul here. Galatians 1, 6, he says, speaking to these people, I am amazed that you are so quickly deserting him who called you. 
by the grace of Christ to a, for a different gospel, which is really not another, only there are some who are disturbing you and want you to distort the gospel of Christ. And then he says, you don't need to listen to anybody else. He says, even if an angel from heaven tries to tell you something different from what you heard from us, you need to disregard it. <clears throat> Any man preaching to you anything that's contrary to what you've already received, you need to close your ears to it and forget about it. I think it's pretty easy to say to, that in this day and time that there are too many people moving away from the Bible, getting away from it instead of getting closer to it. Too many people are reading the Bible less instead of reading the Bible more. The Bible is either true or false. I mean, it's either right or it's wrong. It's true or false. There's no in-between. we got to accept all or none. We can't pick and choose. Here, here's an example of picking and choosing. <clears throat> a good many years ago, I heard in a Bible class, I heard a preacher relate this event that he had in talking to a, to a woman about the Bible. In the point of the conversation, Acts 2.38 came up. Of course, you know that it says, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. And she, she tells him, that verse is not in my Bible. He says, well, of course it is. It's, it's in every Bible. She said, no, it's not. I'll show you. And so she gets her Bible out and she turns to it and sure enough, it's not in there. She took scissors and cut it out. And that's the way, you know, some people view the Bible, whether they actually cut it out or tear it out or whatever. If I don't agree with it, then as far as I'm concerned, it's not in it. But, but we can't be that way if we're going to be true followers of God. In Galatians 1 and verse 10, again, Paul said, he asked the question, For am I now seeking the favor of men or of God? Who are we trying to please? Just ourselves or somebody else? Or are we trying to please God? Or am I striving to please men? If I were still trying to please men, I would not be a bond servant for Christ. If we're not pleasing God and doing things that please Him and His Son, then we are not servants of God. We all know that over the years that many places that we read about in the Bible and people that we read about uh, have been proven to exist. There's <clears throat> been evidence that's been discovered. And in the Bible, there are a lot of pre-scientific statements that have been proven to be true. For example, in Isaiah chapter 40 and verse 22, it says, It is he who sits above the circle of the earth. So what does that tell us? The earth is round. God, God knew that in the beginning. It took mankind a long time to figure out that the, that the earth was not flat. The building of the ark, the dimensions of the ark have, have proven to be 
correct dimensions, perfect dimensions for building a ship. <clears throat> and so the Bible is true. We need respect for the Bible, but we also need respect for authority in, in many areas of our life. At home, at school, on the job, recreation, shopping, wherever we are, we need to obey the authority in that particular realm. We need to obey the laws of the land. When it comes to things <clears throat> that are spiritual, we need biblical authority. We've got to be able to look to somebody that's in charge. And God is the one that's in charge. Who better able to direct our spiritual walk than God himself? The Bible is God-breathed. It's God-inspired. It's infallible. It's without error. It's a complete revelation from God. It, it contains everything that you and I need to know, anyone else needs to know, in order to live a good life here upon this earth and to be saved at the end of our life here. The Bible is relevant today just as it was relevant back 2,000 years or more ago. If I say it's not relevant, what gives me the authority to say that? How can I prove it's not, not relevant? <clears throat> it is relevant today. Obviously, many things have changed since the days uh, that the Bible was written. But it is relevant today just as much as it was relevant when Jesus walked upon the earth himself. I think there's a good chance that people that, that don't respect the authority of God, they're not going to respect authority in other areas of their life as well. They're going to be more likely to ignore the laws of the land for one, for one thing if they don't have proper respect for God. In Daniel chapter 1 and verse 8, Daniel, it says that Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with wine which he drank. The phrase I want us to look at is Daniel made up his mind. And I think that as Christians, professed believers in Christ and God and the Bible, that we make up our mind that the Bible is the Word of God, that it is our sole source of authority. The Bible is for real. It's the real thing. And we've got to make up our minds that it is our complete and perfect standard of moral authority that we need to follow. So, let me ask a simple question. Do we respect the Bible? Do you and I have the proper respect for the Bible that we need to have? I think we can demonstrate that in two simple ways. First of all, do we read and study the Bible? Secondly, do we obey its commandments 
and live them out in our lives. In preparing for this, <clears throat> I read something along that line, and it said that a, that a dusty Bible is not respected. A Bible that's not read, excuse me, not studied, not obeyed, is not respected. There may be a measure of respect there, but there's not the full, complete respect that God and His Word needs. <clears throat> Remember that uh, Hebrews uh, 4.12 says that the Word of God is living and active. It's sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword, and it'll, it'll do a lot of things, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Now, both joints and marrow and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Why did God give us the Bible? He gave it to us to follow, to pattern our lives after, to be examples to us, that we could learn from the good examples and from the bad examples that we can read about in the Bible. In closing, let me, <clears throat> let me just say this. Let me see if, you, if you, you answer to yourself, do I remember this when I was a kid? The B-I-B-L-E, oh, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. What, what a wonderful thing to be able to say. I stand on the Word of God. I stand on the Bible because I believe that it comes from God and that I need to put it into practice in my life and that I need to respect it by reading it, by studying it, and by living it out in my life. We'll close with a prayer and then we'll be dismissed. Thank you, Lord, for this time together. We thank you, Father, for your holy word. We, we believe in your word, Father. We believe that it is our sole authority. And we help, pray, Father, that you'll help us to read your word, to study your word, to put it into practice in our lives, to accept it, that we'll, that we'll do things to please you and not to please ourselves because we profess to be Christians, followers of Jesus. Continue to be with us, Father. Help us to be faithful to you. Watch over us. Forgive us when we sin against you. And please keep us safe through this night. In Christ's name, amen.